Good morning, everyone. Um, St. Peter, in the second reading, uh, he is lamenting, if you will. Uh, he's upset and angry uh, and just refused to accept Christ as the Messiah. Uh, one, because he doesn't fit the image. He doesn't fit into the conditions that they have set forth. Uh, he doesn't, Jesus doesn't fulfill their expectations. And eventually Paul would go and uh, create churches to the Gentiles. Uh, remember, preachers would preach differently on this because there's so much to talk about. But this is now my third time because I've been here. If you go back and look at the other two homilies I gave, they're going to be different from this one. Friends, the, the first reading and the gospel, for me, uh, this past week as I read about it, um, what spoke loudly to me was uh, expectations, conditions, and encounters. Our first reading, remember we use the lectionary, so the lectionary won't have everything, but if you don't study the scriptures, if you don't understand what's happening in that first reading, remember um, one of the things that's going on is the prophet is on the very same mountain that Moses was on. And remember how God approached, well, I said Moses approached God, but remember he was in the lightning? Remember the Hekaniah cloud? And he was in the thunder, and he was in what was burning? The bush, he was in the fire. You see what's going on? It was an expectation. <laughs> uh, he was a little bit full of himself. Uh, if you go and read, I'll get a little more into that and how God deals with that. Same thing is happening in the gospel. Friends, the first reading in the gospel, then, uh, for me, this time around, reading it and praying over it, uh, it was speaking to me about uh, conditions, expectations, experiencing the Lord in different ways, in particular in the where and the when, uh, places of encounter. And uh, a lot of times, and I know the deacons heard the same thing, we'll hear people say, you know what, I don't have to go to church. Jesus went to temple. <laughs> what do you got to say about that? But... Um, now, I'm going to be very careful how I say this. When they say something like, I don't have to go to church to encounter God. Yeah. Well, I agree to a point. Because God is everywhere. <laughs> and I firmly believe what St. Aquinas says. St. Aquinas said, God continues, I'm adding a little bit, to sustain the universe and he keeps it going every single day. And St. Aquinas will go on, that's spectacular. Almost as spectacular as the time when he made it. There's an implication there. If God continues to sustain the universe and he's keeping it going every single day, that means he is everywhere. And more than that, because we are in the universe, that means he is sustaining us. Every breath we take, every beat of our heart. It stands to reason, then, um, it is also accurate to say, if you have not found the Lord outside of the church building, you will not find him in it either. Not because he is not present, but simply because you don't want to encounter him. You just don't want to. 
And the fact of the matter is that people, uh, my friends, most people do not come to church to find the Lord. They come to offer him praise and glory and bring, his, bring their prayers. I told you Jesus went to temple. He didn't go to temple to find his father. His father was always with him. He went in there because that was his house. That was the temple to his glory. And he went in to give God glory. He went in to give him praise. We do the same thing. You come here. Most people come here to encounter. They come to give God praise, as you learned. Some come to complain. Not to me, but to God. <laughs> Some come and bring their petitions. And I say, do this. Do this. This is dedicated, sacred ground to God. Can you do that? A Mount Rainier? Sure. Come here. My friends, if one does not find or encounter God in the everyday, everythings of your life, you will not find the Lord in a building dedicated to him. As it has been said, you cannot be a non-believer in your daily life and then expect to come through the doors of a church and then be a believer. It's hypocritical, and it doesn't work. That's why there's so much disappointment a lot of times with people. If you're not open to God's presence, you are not going to be open to his presence anywhere. The first reading, we see the prophet Elijah. He's having a great trial, part of it brought on by his own self, part of it because he did what God asked, <laughs> as would be with prophets, that happens. Um, what has happened, very quickly, when you read, he has just gone to battle with the prophets of a pagan queen. 400 and so prophets. And it is God, not the prophet, it is a God who uh, is doing the battle. And it's a test. And uh, I, as I said, the prophet Elijah was a little bit mean-spirited. He was a little bit antagonizing. Um, he got a little bit full of himself. <laughs> and he taunts the priests of the pagan, I mean, that, that nation. The king is a follower of the God of Abraham and Isaac. And but the queen is not. So here's part of the problem. And the king said, oh, let them do whatever they want. Well, that was... Not a kingly decision. <laughs> so the, here's the setup. God shows his power and might, uh, executes the 400-plus priests of the pagan queen. I don't remember God telling him to do that when I read it. See what I'm getting at? So he's on the run because the queen is going to kill him. So he runs. <laughs> he runs to the mountain. Because <laughs> he knows, oh, that's where God is at. And um, so the prophet, through God's power, has defeated the queens, priests, who are pagans. And um, he runs to Mount Horeb, and he waits for God. And he looks for God in the presence. Um, his expectation of God, uh, one, because he wanted God to destroy everyone. That is not God. You see, an expectation that he had. Here's the next one. 
Moses got God in the fire and in the lightning and in the clouds and all the extraordinary things and all the unusual things, and that's what he wants also. But it's not happening. God appears to him, and in the Greek, um, we hear in the breeze, but in the Greek, it's in the air, and air is all around you. That meant God was everywhere. He was breathing him in. He just, because he did not expect that, he didn't find it. He had his own conditions about what God should and should not do or be. Often we too look for God, his presence, and encounter with him in the unusual and in the extraordinary. Not in the ordinary, in the everyday events of our lives. And yet, we are told in the first reading, he was in the air. Now, that shouldn't be so amazing because Jesus has a conversation with a woman at a well. And what does he tell the woman at the well? God is what? What is God? What did he tell the woman at the well? Jess, what did he tell the woman at the well? She's, she's a pagan, she's not a pagan, she just worships a different way. He says, God is spirit. Makes sense. This is why I'm telling you, you can't read the Bible in little lines. You've got to read, the Bible was many books, and you've got to read the whole thing to understand. So immediately when I was reading this, my mind immediately went to the woman at the well. God tells her, God is spirit, not on this mountain, not on that mountain. You will worship him in spirit. He goes further. He said, you will worship. One day you will understand. And you will worship in spirit and in truth, meaning you will understand God then, that our Lord is a constant and sure part of our life all the time. The funny thing about the gospel, it opens with, he fed the people. Jesus just got done feeding 5,000 plus people with a couple loaves of bread and some fish. It's just the evening. Just a few hours later, the apostles are in a boat. They just witnessed Jesus do, and they're amazed at it. Apparently, they've forgotten because what's happening in the gospel is almost the opposite of what's happening in the first reading. What Elijah wanted but didn't get, the apostles are going to get. And the result is surprising. God reveals himself in a very unusual and extraordinary way in the storm, walking on water. Nobody walks on water. Nobody has command over the elements like that except for God. We're told they don't understand. They don't know what's going on. There's a little bit more, but I'll save that for three years later. <laughs> I should still be here. <laughs> 
Why were they not able to recognize the Lord, especially after he just got done with the, the mountain thing and the food? <laughs> Perhaps the reasons why they were not able to recognize God in the midst of the storm is because they had not learned to recognize God in the everyday. He was walking with them. He was eating with them. He was sleeping in hay next to them. He laughed with them. And he cried with them. And they did not recognize him. Because that is not what they expected from God. They expected God to come. And I'll be very careful. Last night I was a little more rude. They expected God to come, send his Messiah to destroy the Roman army and to be a powerful king who ruled with power and might. Expectations, conditions. And then they failed to encounter. Think about it. The Lord was with them every single day for three years. And they just couldn't understand. Because that's not what they expected. The scriptures for today's Mass show our Lord is present in the ordinary, in the extraordinary, in the silence, and in the storms. In other words, everywhere all the time. If this is true, and it is, Perhaps act, not because he is not there, but because you don't want to encounter him. Could we conclude that we must make room for our Lord so that he can be present in our lives? This cannot happen without letting go of some things. We have to make room and more time for him. Then it follows that means there'll be less time and less room for other things. Many folks want to experience God on their own terms, according to their own conditions, according to their expectations, and it just doesn't work that way. Now I'm going to kind of ad-lib here. God tells Elijah, if you only will let go of your desire to see me in fire, in earthquakes, and storms, and stop comparing yourself to Moses. Moses, God, why can't I have that? That's not how it works. How does that apply here? God healed that person. Why didn't he heal my wife? That's not how it works. If you let go of these things, you'll be ready to meet God on his terms. Elijah did this, and the result was very powerful, and it altered his life. The disciples had not yet learned Elijah's lesson. They were still holding on to their own conditions and expectations of God and the coming as Messiah. They wanted a God of their own design. 
who would meet them on their terms and their conditions, and so they fail to recognize Jesus as Lord and Savior. They would eventually, and when they did, let go of all those expectations, they too experienced power and grace, and their lives were changed forever, as was the course of this world. We, the disciples today, will have to do the same if we want to have that life-altering experience of God. Jesus said, Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Tells Peter, You of little faith, why do you doubt and before he leaves this world, he says, I am with you always, everywhere, in all time. Why do you doubt this? Everything he said was true. Everything he said was true. He said he would rise from the dead and he did. That should be enough for you to believe every word and about who God is and where God is. Amen?